Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show with me, Ryan Huang. Now, many of us may have heard of the saying, the three-generation curse of wealth. It's a theory where the third generation is often the downfall of wealthy families. They are born into wealth and they may lack the work ethic or the financial responsibility necessary to preserve the family's wealth. So no surprises that they are sometimes labelled as the squanderer. Well, that's not the case of our guests in our intergenerational series today. We are chatting for the family business that's not only outlasted the third generation, they're even planning its sixth generation succession plan. Their story traces back to the 19th century, to the time when their first founder set sail from Ceylon, travelled across the world and settled in Singapore to open the first BP De Silva Jewellers Atelier on the prestigious High Street. It's a brand that has survived the test of time, even during World War II, and today, we have the fourth and fifth generations in our studio. So let's welcome the pair of father and daughter. First of all, we have Sunil Amarasuria, chairman of BP De Silver Holdings, and he is the fourth generation owner. Welcome to the show, Sunil. Good morning. And his daughter, and also the fifth generation owner, Shania Amarasuria. Creative Director of BPD Silver Jewelers and Executive Director of BPD Silver Holdings. Thanks for joining us, Shania. Morning. All right, great to have you guys here. And I'm going to start with that first, Sunil. So we are casting our minds back to 1872. So that's 151 years ago. So you've got the business surviving even World War II. But of course, it's been through a couple of tough times as well. Can you share some of the defining moments for the business that ensured its survival? I think the key thing is of the person who leads the business initially, uh, finding the right people, and then they're taking their responsibilities seriously. And therefore, one of the most defining moments was when one of the people he chose after his generation, finding that his son was not the most suitable, he gave the business over to a, another manager and that person dug a hole during the World War II mm. and put all the valuables into the hole and later on taking it out and giving it back to the family. And I think it's this fantastic deed that he did has kept this business going as a one single one. There are many others. Yeah, I heard that the hole was under a tree. Correct. That's your absolutely right. Yeah, so that was quite an interesting, I guess, pivotal point for the business, being able to survive the World War. So, you know, when you look back, what was it like when you took over the business as a fourth-generation owner? So much heritage, uh, so many values being passed on, expectations as well. Yes. In the families those days, they were big families. So from generation to generation, the amount of people increased the shareholders. And when I took it on, it was 145 shareholders. And managing a company with 145 shareholders, it's the same story. You have to gain respect from everyone and also keep everybody informed of what is happening in the business and be transparent about it. And then lead a company. You have to choose the right people and have a set of people working for you who trust you as well as your shareholders and navigate through this in very difficult times. 
and I had the privilege or the tough task of doing this. And I think the people around me helped me to get through this. Yeah, it doesn't sound very easy. 145 shareholders. Yes. All right, Shania, you are taking on the next generation for BPT Silver. I suppose there are even more shareholders now. <laughs> so growing up surrounded by all the bling and jewellery, when do you start taking interest in the family business? Was it already part of your expectations that, hey, I'm going to be part of the family business? So a lot of people assume that I was introduced to the bling side of life, but I think my dad did a really great job in showing me the behind the scenes, which mm. interested me a lot. So I spent a lot of time in the design studio, looking at our lapidary and our workshop, and I love seeing something come from a sketch to an actual creation. So the interest, I think, was always there. I think I've always had a dream to be a creator of some mm. sort, to imagine things and work together with people and collaborate. So that's always been in my heart since he introduced me to the business. But I didn't think I would end up in the business. So I think he fostered that that side of creativity in me. And then when I was about 19 years old after poly, I was like, oh, I'm done with school. I want to I see the real stuff. I want to work on something that can really build something meaningful, I guess. I was sick of textbooks. <laughs> so no pressure from that. You kind of had the business grow on you and you exactly. fell in love with it behind the scenes, I guess. Exactly. I, I fell in love with it through a lot of our staff, actually. And seeing how they committed so many years of their life to work into it and kind of I was ready to, to learn and contribute where I could. Yeah, talking about the work um, that your company does, you've um, worked with a lot of different customers, including members of the royal families across many parts of the world to create special heirlooms. Sometimes you also have special commission stuff as well. How do you bridge tradition and modernity in your jewellery design these days? Um, I guess for us, there are timeless values that BPs has had through the years. And I think one of them, when I did little more research was the art of human connection. It really boils down to that understanding your client, taking away the intimidation out of a jewellery brand. Because I mean, how many of us have walked into a big mall and mm. just felt totally like uncomfortable? Overwhelmed sometimes. Overwhelmed, yeah. Especially for the guys. I mean, that's my favourite part. We have clients coming in with their arms folded and looking like really stiff, but then they leave being friends. I recently had a client who brought a little bit of champagne when he picked up his engagement ring and for me that was really humbling so I think we focus on human connection loving what we do bringing in our best gemstones from Sri Lanka being a traceable company much more than I guess maybe other jewelers would be and I don't know keeping it real I know it sounds very cliche but I think that's how BP survived yeah. as a jeweler because people don't always associate jewelers as being like part of your family or your friends but I think that's what we've done over the years I think part of the success story is being able to adapt to current times and I think you've managed to adapt to changing needs of customers what they want how have customers demands evolved over time um, well, I've only been in the business now, I would say, professionally for five years. Mm. But in the five years, I've noticed that clients are asking more questions. They're coming much more um, aware and educated. They're asking me for like, oh, more do you picky? have... Uh, more curious. Okay. I, I don't, I genuinely don't see as more picky. Yeah, much more curious. So I love that because I myself, I find myself a gem geek. So then I'm going in the back of the store and then oh, I'm they showing want a story them. behind it. 
Yeah, exactly. And I love showing them, you know, we've collected gemstones over the 150 years. So for me to showcase that and like geek out with the clients, mm. it makes my life much more interesting at work. All right, if you just joined us, we are in conversation with Shanya Amarasuruya. She is the creative director of BPD Silver Jewelers and also her dad, Sunil Amarasuruya. Chairman of BPD Silver Holdings And talk about stories, Sunil Your story is being told today At the National Museum of Singapore's History Gallery Five generations and going on to six What are the core values that contribute to this um, proud legacy? I think the most important value, I believe, is respect And we always respect not only among the family members But also our external family Which are all our staff and then paying that to everyone. And at the same time, looking at creativity and courage that we can build together with them. We can continue this business because it, it's changing, as you said earlier, all the time. And we have to be creative to go through this. But the key thing is, while we change, we must always pay respects to anyone who works with us or be part of our family. Yeah, respect seems to be a big part of your success story. And I think uh, this is where you might be able to share some advice for other business leaders as well, hoping to follow your footsteps in having a long legacy. What would you advise them to keep in mind as they try to run a successful family business across many generations? You know, they have to keep some of the heritage and at the same time be open to new ideas. You know, sometimes you want to say, hey, this has been working for so long. I don't want to change it. How have you been able to balance that? I think you have to choose some good advisors around you. It's a business has a board. And in a board, you always get others to come in. And those people must be very sincere, not people who will always say yes to you, mm. but a person who would always advise you in the correct way. Even if you're doing the wrong thing, correct you. And then also to be always thinking about the others and then thinking, how can we take this whole organization forward? And the respect that you have to the others who own this organization is important. And if you don't have the respect to the others, they will think, oh, this guy doesn't care about us. He's only running the business. So you have to always think that it's a whole community together that you are going to manage. Then also have reserves because although I said 145 members, today it has been consolidated. So building up reserve is important and always thinking that money is not everything in life. Mm. It's something that you must have to run a good business, but you must also have reserves. And those reserves are there to consolidate as we go, go along. Yeah, I think uh, this is an important uh, point that it's not all about the money, it's about people as well, the respect and the empathy for your colleagues and your family. Sometimes they are your staff as well. Uh, Shanya, I'm sure you have a lot of respect for your dad. How do you manage disagreements and how often do they come about? Wow. The difference in <laughs> ideas? Uh, I think it's not always pretty, but one thing I've told my dad, if I disagree with him, is because I want to be honest. I don't want to be another, like, yes person around him. I think being a boss, people do have a filter with you sometimes, but that's something that I think we've learned to respect in each other. If we disagree, it's not that we don't share the same values, but we're trying to think of what's the best to do for the company. And we genuinely don't see ourselves as owners. I think that's when things get messy, when you think that you own something oh. and then your life becomes difficult. For us, it's more like, what can we do with the business to make it meaningful for us and for the rest? And then 
if it's beyond our ego, I think yeah. you take ego out of things, life becomes very meaningful. I think that's a very good point. You know, the ego uh, can be a big obstacle. So you have to take that out of the equation and just uh, keep your eye on the prize. You know, what's important for the business and the family. Now, Shannon, as you look ahead to the future of the company, BPT Silver, what is going to be the most important aspect of maintaining your brand's identity and relevance for future generations to come? What is perhaps the advice you're going to pass on to the sixth generation? Keep it real. <laughs> I think that's the most important part. For me, coming into the business, uh, my great-great-grandfather served the royalty like you mentioned. He brought in the best gemstones. He did a lot of crazy things. It was huge shoes to fill, but... I think what helped me overcome that and really embed myself into this new generation was reflecting on the value system and trusting that I'm here to contribute something special in this era. So I think I would just advise the next generation, whoever they might be, it might not be my son or my sibling's kids, be sincere in your process. Find the right people around mm. you and uh, keep it pushing. Don't give up. All right. Find the right people. And of course, uh, bear in mind, it's not all about the money and respect everyone and keep your staff and family members close. We've been chatting with Shania Amarasuria. She is the creative director for BP De Silver Jewelers and executive director for BP De Silver Holdings. Plus, her dad, the fourth generation, Sunil Amarasuria, chairman of BP De Silver Holdings. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very much All right. for having us. Part of the intergenerational business segment on Mind Your Business. And of course, we had the fourth and fifth generation of BP De Silva Jewelers joining us today to talk about what it means to last more than 150 years and what they are going to be looking forward to in the next 150 years to come. Stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.